This is Bragg, the son of Balan, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. are lit. Lotro calls for aid. And Brog shall answer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Light the Beacons, a podcast focusing on all things related to Lord of the Rings Online as well as related topics in movies, gaming, and the lore of J.R. Tolkien. This is episode number zero and I'm your host Brag of the Lonely Mountain. Who was that young waifish waif want to talk to him tell him what's going on teach him what's up i'm on dean somewhere in the foothills of far norian hope is absolutely on fire welcome back once again to light the beacons the only logo podcast that dared to pretend it was done at episode number 99 this is episode number 100 and i am your host brag of the lonely mountains of salt of shields wipe the earl of aggro Vanquisher of Podcast Milestones and Dwarf of Ill Repute, broadcasting live from the special Centennial Edition Temporary Light the Beacons Myrtle Oath White Headquarters. That is the SCE LTB MEWHQ for those just joining us in the throne room of Moria. And oh my gosh, this place is beautiful right now. It's absolutely gleaming. Look, when when Grima volunteered to decorate Moria quote-unquote, for the 100th episode, Expragaganza. Uh, Suffice to say, I was a little nervous. I mean, he does not exactly have a stellar track record for owning up to his commitments and responsibilities. So right around the last week of March, I start wearing a helmet and full armor around the house, just in case, if you know what I mean. But in this case, it appears my worries were completely unfounded. Mori has never looked or smelled so splendiferous. Look... When I woke up April 2nd, uh, after an evening enjoying some strange tasting, but overall decent wine in the 21st hall, I was a little concerned when I opened my eyes and found myself hanging off the slopes of Xerax Ziggle by my cape, which was tangled up on the mustering horn outside of Lumulnar. No capes? I disagree. You might think I would be freaked out by this experience, but eh. I've woke up in stranger places. Anywho, Mori was definitely quiet, not even any chittering in the Redhorn Loans, and when I came upon the waterworks, I found the wheels spinning so fast they were almost coming off their moorings. There was a giant whirlpool just emptying out in a giant swirl down through the vile maw, and uh, lying next to it on the flagstones of Harsgund was a giant replica of the battering Ram Grand, you know, just like the ones we found in the forges of Anglock and Mordor. And uh, listen, I'm not sure who used that thing as a giant plunger to clear the blocked up tunnels in the waterworks, and we may never know, but I assume that Grima arranged it all, and when I find him, I intend to show him the gratitude he deserves. He is absolutely a stable genius, 
Uh, but oh my gosh, we have a lot to cover today as part of our 100th episode Expragaganza. So we'd better move on to our next beacon, which is... Elinok. As is usual, the first episode after April 1st, we first got to deal with a cram load of CRAP. Questions, retractions, and apologies from last week. Last time out, I assume Grima was on best behavior and offended no one. But just in case, to everyone else that was offended or misinformed, we offer a solemn and very heartfelt sorry. As far as corrections and attractions, uh, as far as corrections and retractions are concerned, across the last ninety-nine episodes, we have cataloged. Uh, let me see, one, two, three, six, seven, twenty, approximately sixteen thousand nine hundred twenty-seven errors. Um, this detailed but heavily redacted report of which can be found in the Chamber of Deep Thoughts here in Moria. As is appropriate to do in this particular room, I have been mulling over what to name this document for some time, so decided to call, just call it the Muller's Report. It's filled with straight, hard, no-nonsense facts that no one conflicts with, so no abstractions and no collisions. And it seems like I might have another apology to make. Uh, so let's go on our viewer comments and do a quick check of the leaderboard. We have a new high score for our 100th episode. The last review of the podcast was left by FunkyUs081 on April 5th, 2019. And they currently have our high score. <sighs> the most oddball Lotro podcast out there. Not the usual weekly discussion show. LTB is the most fun take on Lotro available. Five stars. Funky us 81 thank you so much. And that review came all the way from Singapore, replacing our review from Bella from Sweden. So we're getting really international here as we get into the triple digits. Instead of suggesting how you can join this pittance of reviewers going forward, I'm instead going to thank everyone that has taken the time out of their day to leave a review ever in the history of the podcast. I uh, wanted to let you know that each and every review has been important to me and has played an important role in keeping me going over the course of the last few years. Every time you think you're shouting into the void and that it's ultimately pointless, someone chimes in and reminds you why you're doing this in the first place. It's essential. All human beings, as well as hobbits, dwarves, and especially elves, crave recognition. That's a universal truth. So to the scores of people that left comments on the website or the 20-plus that have left iTunes reviews, Thanks to you, most of all. Uh, let's go to some viewer feedback from the last podcast. Donald Carpenter said, that was funny, I liked it. I certainly hope this was an April's Fool's jokes, though. And it almost wasn't. Uh, Minio Roomkeeper of Arkenstone said, absolutely hilarious. You have outdone yourself, Bragg. Thank you, and I hope a certain dwarf champion finds a torch to relight the beacons. As do I, although I'm a guardian, so watch it. Zinger, almost foul and repugnant Grima. Your presence pleases the many rats and slimy creatures that linger within the forgotten forges of Isengard. I can only imagine how many goat baby Ruth bars are floating on the surface of Moria. The Lonely Mountain bids five towards an antidote for Bragg, and an antidote was found. Some fresh air hanging off the mustering horn outside of Lumonard did the trick. So thanks to all those who wrote in regarding the previous episode, of which my memory is very scant. So in this week's action-packed Expragaganza, we are going to talk a little bit of what we've been doing in the game these past five years. We're going to try to analyze the podcast by the numbers, talk a little bit about its impact in a few dimensions, and lastly, if there's any time remaining, 
We will replay all 99 episodes of your viewing pleasure. This will make Lotro Trilogy Tuesday look like a vine. Uh, any of you old enough to remember Lotro Trilogy Tuesdays? That was the day that uh, The Return of the King premiered. And for those hardy fans who stood in line and got tickets ahead, you were able to watch the extended editions uh, Fellowship of the King and The Two Towers before the premiere of The Return of the, the King on, I think it was a Thursday night. and uh, Or no, was it a Tuesday? I thought it was Trilogy Tuesday. So maybe it was a Tuesday night even, well before the general viewing public. And that was quite uh, a marathon in and of itself. But if we want to have better time for that, we better keep moving to the third beacon. We have a lot of stuff to cover. My voice is going to get hoarse. I need some ale. At the third beacon of Nardal. The last five years in gaming and or other Tokian news. So, uh, from a Lotro perspective, based on what I was talking about in episode number one, the Fangorn mini expansion had just been released and cosmetic pets had just in been introduced into the game. Take a minute to let that sing in. I think we have, like what? Let me pull up the panel real quick. Oh, wrong. Ship. There we go. Collections. Pets. Uh, this character has three of 179 pets available. <laughs> so, working up on 200 uh, options in the, in the game now, including kites and stuff like that. So, what else, is, what else has happened over that time frame? Well, we received a new class, the Bjorning. A new race, the High Elf. 35 new levels from level 85 where we were when the podcast debuted to 120 over four different releases. 12 or so major new land masses with another coming very soon. Uh, one expansion with another pending. The Essence Armor grind. A new PVMP map. Server mergers. A transition to a new developer and publisher. Three new big battles. Three new raids. Something like 14 or 15 new instances. Four new allegiances. Light of Arendel gear, the advent of legendary servers, probably thousands of quests, and hundreds or maybe even thousands of dailies conducted during that point in time. And we destroyed the friggin' ring and the game didn't die, so there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, I have five characters at level cap at 120, not counting legendary servers, and with a little more motivation it could quickly be seven. However, I am quickly losing motivation to get that many tunes raid ready or even two two instance ready uh given the state of the game where it's at right now but it's nice to have different characters of different areas of the content to go back and experience some of those parts when you get burnt out on end game stuff so the fourth beacon of era last we're gonna light the beacons by the numbers don't worry if these beacons are kind of short we've got a long one coming up ahead let me see now. In 100 episodes, how many beacons have we had? That's uh, 7 times 357. Carry the 1. Divide by 42. Minus the current level cap. And uh, about 700 beacons, give or take. I'm good at math. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, during that time, we've had approximately 47 top 10 lists, 13 song parodies, 69 sponsors, 22 game mechanics articles, 5 or 6 poems, 5 beacon dousing episodes, thanks to Grima, 20 Lotro Quest highlights, 147 misleading references to viewers, 15 volume adjustments, a new laptop, hard drive, and video card, 
and approximately zero edits, keeping that alive. And that is Light the Beacons by the Numbers. Let's move on to the fifth beacon of Min Rimon. And now for the original weekly sponsor segment. Over the last five years, this show has been brought to you by many sponsors. I'm just going to name some of the earliest ones that have been recurring. Barrow Bree, of course, Thornley's Construction Agency, Sothamska, the Sarah Oakhart Foundation for Slow Moving Children, which is our resident charity, and one of my favorites from over time, EFD, or Extends for Dwarves. Most dwarves want to be the biggest and best at everything. Isn't that why we grind so hard for every advantage we can get in-game? So if you want that min-max performance edge every day, I say buff up with EFD and add new meaning to having Endurance of Stone. If you call now, we'll send you a discreetly wrapped Hobbit present with a one-week supply for free. So what are you waiting for? It's pay to win with EFD. Extends for Dwarves. And now moving on. Boy, it's just lightning in a barrel here. The sixth beacon of Kalanad. Okay, here come the meat and potatoes. Um... what we're going to do for the sixth beacon of Kalanhad is do some highlights from the first 99 episodes of Light the Beacons. And I just went through, and this is why it took so long, right? I was uh, just picking out some favorite bits here and there to include. And instead of cutting and posting, pasting in the, the audio, which would take a lot of time, I'm just going to reread some of my old copy with my latest and greatest delivery. Uh, so... Looking way back to episode 5, TTHTI is a magical place. I think that stood for Take the Hobbits to Isengard back in the day when we were doing runs with the Sapiens. And had a segment of the podcast called Bragg's Mailbag, where we took a a letter that read as such. Dear Garbage Bragg, Dwarves stink, you stink, and so does your podcast. It should be called Light the Matches to cover up your odor. I've looked deeply into my mirror, and it says you should quit immediately. I mean it, like right now. Are you still talking? Sincerely, Galadriel, Lady of the Golden Wood. In Episode 8, Oathbusters, we add welcome to another OA meeting or Oathbreakers Anonymous for the newly cursed. Today we are going to hear from Ujul. Hello, my name is Ujul, and I am an Oathbreaker. Hello, Ujul. It's been about 3,000 years since I broke my last oath, and yet I am still cursed. Coming to these meetings gives me hope, unlike the so-called heirs of Ilsidur. Curse them all to Hades! Anyway, where was I? I have learned I have had to take responsibility for my own actions, and not follow around every stupid captain with a capstone skill. Someday I hope to earn my eternal rest if the friggin' heir of Ilsidur ever decides to stop by. Like I know he's got a really busy schedule, wooing elf princesses and stuff while we rot in this stinking mountain. And I'm not kidding, this place reeks like a Balrog crop duster. Anyway, where was I again? Please come to the local theater group play this Thursday night where we will be doing yet another performance of Oathklahoma. Thanks for your support. Then, episode 10, So Long to Sapiens, had me doing my first ever song parody in game which was to the tune of Patience. I've been trolling the forums at night, just trying to start a fight. Hard to find my threads all around. You know I don't like turbine closing them down, and the posts don't change, but it's all just a game. 
And you ain't got time for the flames, but we'll miss you. Well, some of us will miss you. Extra life will need you. If you're crazy enough to get a tattoo on your thigh. Episode 11, Worlds Colliding. Uh, I was talking about the fact that I like to separate my real-life persona from my gaming persona. And I said, having some degree of anonymity allows me the freedom to go outside of my comfort zone, be creative and silly, and not worry about professional or even real-life social consequences. Some some folks use that anonymity for evil, but I'd like to think some of us uh, use it for the freedom to be a kid again, or to escape the care of our real lives and be a completely different person whose biggest issue is drumming up maintenance dues for their kid house or that their shadow mitigation is just too low to run dark delvings. Isn't that a worthwhile thing to do with your spare time after all? In episode 12, Married to the Mobs, I said, this episode is a special milestone for me as I promised myself that if I ever made it to a full dozen episodes, I would actually take a bath. And I'm not talking about just pouring a flagon of ale over my head. We're talking soap, water, the whole deal. Some of the viewers out there, you know who you are, even if you, even if you don't know what you are. The viewers are probably aware that my tunics have been getting a little, I'm like crusty, and the flies buzzing about are not just due to the orc heads and a pike on the back of my mount. It's been a dirty dozen, if ever there was one, but the time has come, and so standing next to the swan fountain in Dol Amroth, I am taking the nesty plunge. Splash! <laughs> now that's refreshing. Not sure why the swans are fainting, but be that as it may. In episode 19, very scary, I uh, allowed that the beacons were dark last week, but I managed to forgo my dwarven apathy once again, hoist myself by my own petard, and return to the airwaves. I returned briefly to the Foundations of Stone this week to take a peek at the state of affairs at LTB Middle Earth Wide HQ. It's still quite a mess down there. It makes Eastern Malinhad look like a botanical garden, but I was able to hire an outfit from Angmar called Karn, Doom, and Broom, and now there are a bunch of pale folk running around sweeping up fireworks debris, scrubbing down the stone, and the sunless sea is being dragged for ash and garbage. Things would be going more quickly, but the glob spiders are still quite agitated, and they tend to eat whatever cleaning crew members they can get their hands or legs on, which is uh, slowing progress a bit. I am glad these guys are not unionized, or this might have gotten expensive, but luckily they work for piles of copper scraps, which I happen to have in abundance due to our generous Hobbit present givers. Uh, in episode number 22, uh, that episode started a, a long succession of moving Middle-Earth-wide headquarters around uh, in order to be able to take in the sights around our wonderful world and give a number of different impressions of the scenery that is to be found. Back in episode 22, Karndoom Heideki, I mentioned that Goldir is one of the most epic NPCs of the game and deserves a finish, a fitting finish to his story arc, which obviously turned out to be rather prophetic. This is momentous stuff reminiscent of the Elves' invasion of Angband in the Silmarillion, shaping the events of the Third Age, worthy of song. In episode 23, review of the Battle of Five Armies, I was talking about sharing that experience with my children. I said, my kids are asking me when we can see it again every day. And sharing that experience together as a family is what I will miss the most. So I'm sure we will be going again very soon before they grow up and go on their own unexpected journeys. 
Now it's Avengers Endgame as the latest shared family experience this past year instead of Lotro stories, but maybe that'll change again with Amazon coming out with a TV series next week that we can follow together. Um, in regards to uh, my children's unexpected journeys, my daughter had a quote in her high school graduation where she said, home is behind, the world ahead, and there are many paths to tread, etc., etc., the end of that Tokian quote. And uh, I was rather proud of her to uh, go to one of my favorite authors in declaring that. In episode 24, Predictions Smedictions, I said, Come on down to Dragox Laser Tag Emporium, where your lives are just a trifle in our presence. Note, Dragog's la Dragox Laser Tag Emporium, not responsible for bug outs, errors, or resets. Some restrictions may apply. Should not be conducted in conjunction with non-English speaking pugs. Consult your doctor if you experience a raid lasting longer than four hours. Uh, episode 25, More Dots. I wrote, but the lesson here is that our gaming muses are fickle and real life is unforgiving. If you appreciate a podcast, enjoy it while you can, because tomorrow is not promised to anyone, and that is nothing to be bitter about, it just is. Uh, apropos, as it were. Episode, episode 26, You Go My Lad. I mentioned that the Twitter sphere had erupted this week surrounding AOL shutdown of Joystick and by association massively. I will be following Massively OP avidly in the months to come. Those folks need our support, and judging from the community's reaction, they should get it in spades. In fact, Kickstarter campaign was funded in 48 hours. Wow. And look at them going now. Still expanding and growing and bringing us great content uh, around this industry that just doesn't seem to go away for those that love it. Also in that episode, I mentioned uh, that the next time you've got a dot from a fire pot in Thundergrot, and it's getting hot with trolls a lot, you better not let inmates rot, you stupid sot. I hope you fought like you were taught and do what you ought for the plot. And if all that doesn't work, don't despair like the beacons. In episode number 28, Dwarven Inadequacy, I talked about the top 10 rejected racial skill ideas. Uh, number 10 mentioned previously on the podcast, the Bjorning Bearskin Rug Aggro Drop. The Hobbit Stoop for a Poop skill. The Human's Man of the Third Age skill, which allows you to draw upon the strength of Denethor in times of need, giving you minus 70 hope. Number two, the Dwarf Shield Baller. Though they tried to hide it, Dwarf feelings are easily hurt. Verbal attacks cause them damage over time on the inside. And number one, Hobbit's Return to Waffle House Racial Port. In episode number 29, Fishing for Compliments, I mentioned uh, one of my oldest sponsors, Thornley Construction Site, is proud to announce a new project. Work has officially begun on an exclusive contract for the new Osgiliath PVMP map. A month ago, we had a ribbon-cutting ceremony. Lost a few days, though, waiting for the ribbon delivery from Needlehole, and then, wouldn't you know, we could not find a pair of scissors anywhere. We put the first ceremonial shovel on the ground. There, you can see it over there. Hit a stump, wouldn't you know it. Boy, that one's going to be a pain to dig out, but we got some auction on order from Anandwaith to drag it. Should be here any day now. And aside from that, we've been like busy bees. Got a few sawhorses up, pile of lumber over yonder, and a guy holding a slow caution side out on the road to the Morgul Vale. Safety first, that's our motto. Anyway, they did eventually get that PVM project finished. Uh, although not to the point where anyone would actually use it. Episode 3, Hot on B on B Action, uh, mentioned that we were already one-third of the way towards our 100th episode. I think Lotro Reporter was working on 300 at the time. Yowza, I said, maybe I can publish a series of one-minute podcasts to catch up, doing like 60 of those a week, and I'll be there in no time. 
And this is from the last time I was really into leveling my Bjorning. Does anyone ever else talk to the mobs when fighting as a Bjorning? Oh, I'm a bear! Surprise! Didn't see that coming, did you? Roar! Ah, run! It's too late! Claws, teeth, blood! Oh, the humanity! Didn't sign up for this! Ah! Something so great about sicking a swarm of bees on a swarm of bees as well. It's hot bee-on-bee -bee action. How you like them apples, bizach? And in the same podcast, in the wake of Gamergate, I mentioned that uh, part of the reason jur journalism in any industry can be so important is to help shine a light on things that normal people bustling about their lives might not ordinarily see. Once the darkness is exposed, however, the community needs to respond. The community is the ultimate salve to cure these wounds. In the end, we all know there is always going to be immaturity, stupidity, racism, homophobia, misogyny, and maybe even a dash of perversity in all walks of life. But we all have to have faith that the balance of good outweighs the balance of evil and that once galvanized will prevail. That means taking the time to get familiar with an issue, join your voice to the course of reason, if only so that others can know you're out there and they are part of a community that values basic human decency, or more importantly, uh, basic dwarven decency. In episode 39, uh, 38 that is, we went giant zombie zombie arm hunting. And uh, that episode, Light the Breacons, was brought to you by Barrow Bree. It's like putting Dark Maw Master Pooh in your favorite fondue. So the next time you cut the arm off a giant, go ahead and burn that sucker. Prefer preferably atop a large, fiery beacon. This is also the episode where I started including a screenshot with every episode that was published. In episode 39, Tickle Me, Ireland, uh, <laughs> excuse me, Tickle Me Elrond... I talked about the top 10 ideas for additional episodic content in the game after Bingo Boffin had been published. Uh, number 8, Tom Bombadil and Goldberry meet Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry pulling down the mine in Mississippi. Coincidence? I think not. Remember, today's Tom Bombadil. He gets high on you. With the space he invades, he gets by on you. And your two favorite, number 6, your two favorite epic questline protagonist star in I Love Nona. She went to talk to that crazy fortune teller again, didn't you, Nona? You got some splaining to do. Wah, horn! Note show is scheduled to be canceled if there's this season's final episode at the Pelennor Fields. Number three, Gandalf, like you've never seen him before in Fifty Shades of the Grey Pilgrim. Some content not appropriate for players under level 13. And number two, Lobelia Sackville Baggins starts a meth lab in Frodo's deserted hobbit hole in the new weekly thriller, Breaking Bag End. Number one was The Fresh Prince of Dol Omroth, and you may remember the song that accompanied it that went something like this. In western Gondor, born and raised in the Swan Hall's nights, I spent most of my days chilling out and relaxing and relaxing all cool, shooting some harridrim outside of the school, when a couple guys from Umbar who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight, and my mom wouldn't hear it. She said, you're moving in with your auntie and uncle in Minas Tirith. I pulled up to the fortress about seven or eight, and I yelled to the steward, Yo, home, smell you later. I returned to my kingdom where I'd made in the shade to sit on my throne as the Prince of D.A. <laughs> Episode 40, I missed my breasts. I did some serious soul searching on life game balance, which incidentally I've never really achieved personally. Huh? Uh, and I mentioned be honest with yourself about your gaming life balance and take sabbaticals or breaks now and again. They can do wonders. I promise you the game world will still be there when you get back. Or wait, unless you're on Vilja or Dwerldorf or Rittermark. Or forget it, you know what I mean. 
those uh, raw worlds that were disappearing at the time due to the world closure movement. And uh, I mentioned some things that you could do in-game instead of uh, you know blowing off real-life responsibilities, including attending Ale and ta- Ales and Tales instead of bailing, bailing your uncle from jail. Or uh, And the sponsor from that episode with, was, again once again, Thornley's Construction Company. We work faster than a drunk hobbit with a broken leg running through a Carndoom leech puddle. Episode 41 saw the introduction of Drunk Middle-Earth Lore. Hey, free content still out there on YouTube if you want to go check it out. Uh, followed by this episode of LTB is brought to you in the next episode by... Uh, what? Grima, you've got to be kidding me. It's not funny. Uh, as you may remember, I was rather hungover after that uh, first episode of Drunk Middle-Earth Lore. Grima thought it would be funny to have that episode of LTB brought to you by the In-League. Are you a purveyor of fine spirits with an unquenchable thirst for life and a mischievous twinkle in your eye? Then the In-League could be just the thing for you. Come by one of our membership drives... Craft a brew or six and see what happens. We're the Inlig Raiders. We're Raiders of the Night. We're dirty little dwarf lords and we'd rather chug than fight. So heedy, heidi, thrain almighty, who the heck are we? Chug, duck, trust your luck, and toast the league with me. In episode 45, we remember to light the bacon. We had an entire episode dedicated to bacon references. And during one of those references, I mentioned that Old Blood Tusk might scare newbie characters in our chat, but the biggest boar baddie in Lotro appears via private instance out of Alberg in discovering the hidden origins of the Boar Tusk Orc clan in the Eastfold, the Boar of Everholt that once terrorized the Furian woods in Rohan. The Boar of Everholt was a monstrous beast that inhabited Everholt in the Furian wood. The great hunter Fulka of Rohan, having rid his country of the Orcs, set out to hunt down the boar. He succeeded, but received mortal tusk wounds that brought his kingship to an end. And at 72k morale, he is the biggest, baddest slab of back bacon I think can think of in the game. Since he patrolled around the feet of the Halifarian in the White Mountains, that brings the bacon back to the beacons. Nice uh, segue there, Bragg. I gotta hand it to you. Episode 46, Soft and Hard Landings, had me discussing my server transfer from Vilya to Landreville during the world closure process. Could it have really been two and a half years ago? Episode 47, A Ball Drops on the Endless Stairs, had us broadcasting live from temporary LTB MEWHQ in Winterhome. Home to the most depressing Christmas celebration this side of Charles Dickens' Tiny Timless Alternative Universe. Here I am handing out stale bread, crusts, stale bread crusts to starving homeless waifs. Meanwhile, let me turn around and gorge myself silly at multiple tables filled with a cornucopia of holiday largesse and earn the title of Feast Beast. That episode also saw us with another new sponsor. This year on Middle-Earth BC, a brand new series that will knock your comp piece off coming to prime time on Tuesday nights. You've seen them in Orange County, New York City, Atlanta, Washington, D.C., Beverly Hills, Potomac, and Dallas. But now get ready for the real Shield Maidens of Edoras. This cutting-edge new series documents the lives of upper-class housewaves and Shield Maidens who lead glamorous lives in a picturesque West Emnet-gated community where the average home has a $1.6 million gold price tag and residents include Thanes, retired leaders of the mark, and Yomer poser wannabes. Real Shield Maidens of Edoras will be chock-full of spicy gossip, Shield Maiden catfights, and Pukelman pool parties. Real Shield Maidens of Edoras, tune in Tuesday nights because you don't want to be left behind when these feisty women muster their Rohirrim.
And episode 48, Gra Bragg's Grab Bag had a new sponsor related to all the Thorog farms that were popping at the time. Crazy Thorogs. Hold your horses, friends, because it's Crazy Thorogs Blowout Heligrad Sale. We've got everything you could possibly need for raiding, and it's all on sale now. We've got relics, runes, a few gold for your tunes, purple items, and teal, and even a few seals, starlit crystals, and more. Anything and everything in crappy gear. Remember, we do not wipe pugs. We will not wipe pugs. We cannot wipe pugs. And we mean it. The best deals in the Misty Mountains are at Crazy Thorogs during Crazy Thorogs Blowout Heligrad Sale. So come kill Crazy Zombie Thorog now. With a raid so easy, he's practically giving it all away crazy thorag his loot is insane i had five actual predictions for lotro in 2016 uh, mounted combat and an instance raid which happened housing system improvements which happened number three the minus morgul landscape to be released pre-christmas with kirith ungle raid not until 1q17 <laughs> okay maybe that one was uh, a bit off uh, i think that was Maybe the first time I predicted a Shelob raid in-game. I predicted at least one additional skirmish released in 2017. Didn't happen. Some additional assurances regarding token estate licensing issues by end of year. In the producer's letter, if not before. It was later than that. And bonus, a combined all relics enhancement, which also happened. Well done on that one. I think I'll give myself 100. A+. Plus. For episode 50, we were preparing for an extravaganza celebration. And then look what happened. Uh, as I was saying in that podcast, what a celebration it should be for our 50th episode extravaganza. You guys thought I was shoveling the typical brag dwarven BS last episode when I was talking about pulling all the, out all the stops, but you have sadly misjudged. Uh, weeks of preparation, months really, have culminated in perhaps the single greatest potential show in LTB history, which I guess is kind of like being the tallest dwarf. Let's take a look at what we have in store for episode number 50. A cast of thousands invited to the party here in Dorrance Hall that should be arriving any minute. We have fireworks from Gandalf, a hundred kegs of bull roars, brew a five-tier lumbus cake from Lothlorien made in the sheep of a beacon, fatty bulger catering entertainment provided by the Druidane fire jugglers, and lots more. It's going to be a party of special magnificence, and everyone's invited except for the Sackville Bagginses, though I think I did see them nosing around the forgotten treasury looking for mithril spoons. I have a myriad of guests joining me for the first time, a veritable who's who of the Lotro podcast community with most of your favorite hosts, except for Pineleaf. Learning that guy away from his skirmishing is like trying to take a cheeseburger out of a hobbit's hand, but just about everyone else will be calling in to join the fun. We have three, count them, three Lotro lifetime subs to give away thanks to my close friends over at Tur Turbine, and perhaps best of all, here is the big scoop. Vivian Peters herself is going to be joining us herself to dish up the goods and update 18 goodness and talking about what we have in store in game for the rest of the year and beyond. It is going to be amazing. I can barely wait to get started. I am so excited. I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. Oh yeah, I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. Oh no, no, no. Bam! Oh no. No, 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 no. And then Grima came on. Hmm, we seem to be experiencing technical difficulties. All you viewers, please stand by. <laughs> Which led us to episode 51 of Douse the Beacons, where we revealed the top 10 ways to skin a hobbit, with uh, the number one answer being exploding party tree filled with razor blades. Excuse me, after 51 episodes, I need to wet my craw. Are any of you guys following this, or is this just a big pile of gobbledygook? 
Uh, episode 52 saw the dawn of the beacons in-game with the release of Farinorian, while also saying goodbye to Vilya, reliving my last moments on the server as it closed. Episode 53, Twisted Vistas, had us reviewing the best viewpoints in the game. While episode 54, Creepin' and Raiden, from July of 2016, was the last time I really did much PvMP and reached rank 6 on my war leader. Hasn't happened much since then. Episode 55, You Get an Eagle, has me speculating about Mortar coming out and predicting a Shelob again raid for the second of many times. At that point, we did not even know if we were going through Minas Morgul or the Black Gate when the expansion came out. In episode 55, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, we talked about the introduction of the Bay of Belfast homesteads in the game and celebrated to that Vivian, no communications Peters, uh, was leaving and welcomed Severlin as executive producer of the game. Episode 60 saw the introduction of SSG, another milestone, major milestone in the game that saw a lot of people thinking that perhaps it was the last days of Lotro. Episode 62, The Wastes of Time, highlighted the premiere of the Beacon in the Lotro Weekly newsletter. <coughs> Copyright infringement! Uh, and also gave a quick and dirty list uh, called the Top 10 Least Desirable Essences in the Game, which included items such as Number 10, Minor Essence of Bill Fernie Sock Drawer. Number 9, Greater Athelian Essence of Grinding. Number 8, Wild Essence of Cave Claw Musk. Number 6 was the Major Essence of Physical Inebriation. Number 5 was the Greater Anorian Essence of Barrow Bree. Number 2, the Minor Greater Anorian Essence of Major Supreme Wild Athelian Schutzpah. And number 1, the Supreme Robust Essence of Axe Body Spray, the favorite of buggering hobbits everywhere. Episode number 64 had us back dousing the beacons again with Grima assuming control with his first Middle-Earth rap by Wormy T. I will spare you the repeat here, but go check it out if so inclined. Episode 65 waxed episodically on the 10th anniversary of Loto, including a top 10 list of ways that Lotro is like self-gratification. This one may have been a new low. Number 10, both allow you to live out fantasies and release tension. Eight, both benefit from a strong internet connection. Number six, the rewards can be underwhelming compared to real life, but for some reason we keep doing it anyway. Number five, both can be enhanced through the use of cosmetic outfits. Number four, both activities can be ruined by hitching and rubber banding. Number three, both can be enhanced by purchases from the store. Number two, both can be considered standing stone games. And the number one way that Lotro can be like self-gratification they can both be a real grind. <laughs> Episode 67 had an unexpected song parody for the alt that has everything. Me, me, me. Do I remember this one? Look at this bench. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think that my crafting's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the alt? The alt who has everything. Look at this recipe. Ingredients untold. How many components can my vault hold? Looking around here, you think, sure, he's got everything. I've got hides and leather aplenty. I've got bolts and sashes galore. You want Taylor's Guild patterns? I've got 20. But who cares? No big deal. I want more. I want to be where the level caps are. I want to see, want to see them raiding, riding around on those, what do you call them? 
war steeds. Sitting in craft halls, you don't get too far. Clash trade points are required for skirming and raiding. Strolling along down a, what's that instance again? Silent streets. Up where they grind, up where they group, up where you cannot stand in the poop. Wandering free, not just a newbie, part of Endgame. Episode 70 had me reviewing Mordor, but also making fat jokes about Bombor. Here were a few. Let me tell you, Bomber is so fat. How fat is he? Well, Bomber's so fat he brushes his teeth with Dale Men's cram. Bomber's so fat his wife calls his plumber's butt the real cracks of doom. Bomber's so fat he was Bomber's so fat he was baptized in Lake Evenden. Bomber's so fat he wears a sock on each toe. Bomber's so fat his cereal bowl comes with a lifeguard. Yo, Bomba so fat when he tried to sail down the Andu and he got stuck between the Argonath. <laughs> Number seven. Bomba so fat when he did the Tale of the Shipwreck Mariner quest, he said his favorite pirate was Chips Ahoy. Number eight. Bomba so fat he ate 12s and 13s too. Number nine. This one may be my favorite. Bomba so fat he turned a Lothlorien flat into a roller rink. <laughs> Number 10, Bomber so fat he thought the one ring to rule them all was a ring ding. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Bomber, come on. All right, episode 71 had me recounting the epic adventure that led to me being called Brag Crosser of Roads as I was led by, I think it was Silver Halogro on an epic five or six hour march. Uh, at uh, one point towards the end of that adventure as a chicken, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Three deeds left. Do I dare to hope? The tension is mounting. Five-hour mark. I'm in the Midgewater Marches. What the heck am I doing? I have to go talk to a Norbog at the five-hour mark. I'm a chicken, for gosh sake, on a friggin' six-hour quest to go talk to a giant cricket. This is what the epic MMO of Lotro has come to for me. It's like Wilman Shatner once said on SNL at the Star Trek convention sketch. Get a life. You, you must be 30 years old. Have you ever kissed a girl? But by God, I wanted this. A close call with a goblin scout. You know, the ones that throw the giant flaming pots? Not cool. Escorts. Yo, let's get on top of the situation, please. No time for a coffee break right now. And I eventually did end up finishing that quest, which had been on my Lotro to-do list for uh, over 10 years. And to become Crosser of Roads. Episode 74 had me writing my first original song to celebrate the challenge jump in the first Mordor zone. Um, it was a country ditty, so I'm going to spare you of it. But it was called You Done, You Done Me Wrong. Where I actually played a guitar. Episode 75, I discussed pipeweed crossbreeding in the new High Elf class. But it also included a short adventure for Bat Elf and Elfin. Elfin. Holy Lembus, Bad Elf, that stone troll is about to squish those little hobbit lasses flatter than a Mumax trampoline. Bat Elf. You're right, Elfin. We've got to figure out a way to get them to safety. We'll use our bat sunlight projectors to stop those stone trolls dead in their tracks. Beep, 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 beep. Elfin. Nice work, Bat Elf. Looks like we put those trolls between a rock and a hard place. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I wonder why I never bought back Elf and, and Bad Elf. 
my favorite, uh, my episode 76 production show included this one. Urudani, Ugrakor, Lareth, Barangos, and Gothmog will all team up to form a new alt-rock supergroup called Dregs of the Dark Lord and will tour Nern with a Marilyn Man Manson undercard until spiraling, spiraling egos cause the breakup of the band due to songwriting credit disputes. Uh, that one is still pending. I think that's going to happen. I'm pretty sure it will at this point. Uh, in episode 78 of Requiem for Peril, I discussed some of the Lotro podcasts that have come and gone over the course of 11 years I've been playing the game. The, myth, uh, the current podcasts still out there that I'm aware of uh, doing exclusively Lotro content are the Mythgard Institute and Lotro Players. Uh, those in the list of defunct or on semi-permanent hiatus include Casual Stroll to Mordor, Through the Palantir, Lotro Reporter, Secrets of Middle-Earth, Liquid Lotro, the MMO Troll in various incarnations, Lotrocast, Lotro Academy, Beneath Your Feet, Beyond Boss Fights, Mortal or Bust, and uh, as of that episode, Contains Moderate Peril. It's cool to think I might have made as lasting an impression on some viewers as these podcasts made on me back when in their, in their heyday. In episode 79, Cloudy with a Chance of Smog, we saw the debut of the Northern Kingdom's content. Episode 80 saw Grima once again striking back and dousing beacons, as well as serenading us with a touching little ditty called, Do You Want to Destroy Rohan? Yoan, please, I know you're in there. I'm sorry about all your dead kin. They say your king's gone, and your brother too, but I still lust for you. Just let me in. We only have each other. It's just you and Wormy T. Forget about this Faramir dude. Do you want to destroy Rohan? <gasps> yeah, me too. Episode 82 of Light the Beacons had us going backwards based on a misguided creative epiphany called Beacon the Lights. Episode 86, the Dark Lord went down to Hobbinen had more song parody gold, or at least uh, copper, with this little ditty inspired by a listener challenge. I believe it was Froon Juice. The Dark Lord opened a loot box and he said, I'll start the show, and fire blew from Oradruin as he crafted balls of dough. Then he screwed up the recipe and he made an evil hiss, hit his farmer alt in the auction house for the ingredients that he'd missed. When the Dark Lord finished, Holly said, Well, you're pretty good, old son, but sit down in that throne right there and let me show you how it's done. They're taking the hobs to Isengard. Smog shot down by a punk named Bard. Hobnan against chickens on the hedge maze go. Gollum bought your finger off, oh, fraud, oh. Doodle doodle doodle. Dark Lord bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat. And he laid that golden pie on the ground at Holly's hairy feet. Holly said, Son, just come on back if you ever want to try a cake. I done told you once, you Meyer dunce, I'm the best that's ever baked. Episode 89 had two bits of diverse poetry, one of which was from Jagger Jack's Swag Shack. Jagger Jack Swag Shack, located in the heart of the Chetwood for all of your swag needs, come on down to the shack, because if you need to a pack and your swag back lacks, then Jack's got your back with prices you can hack. So give us a crack at your squa if your swag needs Mac, because Jack's got a knack for having swag in his rack that'll make you duck quack, and you get a free tic-tac with every sack, and that's no yakety-yak, Jack. And also one from the Harnkegger Games poem, Hama Stood, one of my favorite uh, Lotro poems I have done, and uh, is available out on the site if you have not read it as an individual poetry post. 
from then on, it's all the 90s episodes, which, you know, no one wants to relive the 90s. They're all pretty familiar at this point. We have had Russian KGB Oathbreakers, Legends of Layla, not another song parody, The Argonoth Treetopper, Lost in the Footholds of Angmar, as we return to the Halcyon Legendary Server Level 50 Cap Days, Uga Chaka, Stuff Not in the Producer's Letter, Oh My Howling Pits, Producer's Letter Fever, All Work and No Lotro makes Bragg a dull dwarf recounting the sad 2019 week without Lotro due to data center move miscues, and of course, episode 99's well-timed grime of the century called This Is The End. But hey, look, what do you know? It's not the end. I have to admit I paused longer than normal intentionally, and then I did not have time to do what I wanted to do for episode 100 with real life getting crazy for some time. And while I was facing these issues, I have to admit, more than once I thought to myself, what if I get hit by a bus and there never is a 100th episode? That would be so tragic because I have really been looking forward to this. It's very satisfying in some ways. And while I was waiting for episode 100 to come out and in the back of my mind contemplating, well, what if that was the last episode? Would that be so bad? I found myself experiencing things in game that I wanted to share with you, the viewers, still after all these years. So that's my answer. And with one last humongous thank you to everyone out there, I hope to talk to you soon with episode 101 of Light the Beacons. With that, it's time to set off our 700th beacon. Halifurian, sorry we ran out of time. Winter came. It's time for Blessed Relief. I'm officially slamming the door on the 100th, but not final episode of Light the Beacons and putting a padlock on it and throwing away the key. As always, I would love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, your constructive critique. You can contact me at bragsonofbalan at gmail.com. That's brag with two A's. The second A stands for accolades. Facebook or Twitter at bragsonofbalan. My website at lightthebeacons.com where you can post comments directly on the podcast. And I kindly request you to take the time to create an iTunes review like Bella of Sweden did. If perhaps you chance you are so inclined, I would very much appreciate it. And if your comments incite me to forsake my legendary Dwarven Apathy after all this time, I will try to include them in the next hundred podcasts, or at least respond in some way. Once again, I hope you laugh, either at or with me. I hope you might have learned at least a little something you didn't know before, or perhaps looked at the game with a slightly different perspective. And most of all, I want to thank you for joining me this week and over the past 100 episodes in Middle-Earth. This is Bragg, the son of Balan, reminding you that if it ain't Baruch, don't fix it. And remember, a fandango is defined as either a Spanish dance or a foolish or useless act. So the next time someone calls your podcast a fandango and you're pretty sure you don't hear any flamenco music, don't despair. Just keep lighting those beacons, baby. And I'm going to end my 100th podcast with a passage I've uh, recently read from The Unfinished Tales by the man himself, J.R.R. Tolkien, that I thought was appropriate. It's from the uh, chapter on Kirion and Ural. The Halifurion was the highest of the beacons, and like Ilanok, the next in height, appeared to stand up alone out of a great wood. For behind it there was a deep cleft, the dark Firian Dale and the long northward spur of Arid Nimrez, of which it was the highest point. Out of the cleft it rose like a sheer wall, but its outer slopes, especially northwards, were long and nowhere steep, and trees grew upon them almost to its summit. 
As they descended, the trees became ever more dense, especially along the mirroring stream which rose in the cleft, and northwards out into the great plain through which the streams flowed into the Entwash. The Great West Road passed through a long cutting in the wood to avoid the wetland beyond its northern eaves, but this road had not been made in ancient days, and after the departure of Isidur, no tree was ever felled in the Firian wood, except only by the beacon wardens, whose task it was to keep open the great road and the path toward the summit of the hill. This path turned from the road near to its entrance into the wood and wound its way up to the end of the trees, beyond which there was an ancient stairway of stone leading to the beacon site, a wide circle leveled by those who had made the stair. The beacon wardens were the only inhabitants of the wood save wild beasts. They housed in lodges in the tree near the summit, but they did not stay long unless held there by foul weather, and they came and went in turns of duty. For the most part, they were glad to return home, not because of the peril of the wild beasts, nor did any evil shadow out of dark days lie upon the wood, but beneath the sound of the winds, the cries of birds and beasts, or at times the noise of horsemen riding in haste upon the road, there lay a silence, and a man would find himself speaking to his comrades in a whisper, as if he expected to hear the echo of a great voice that called from far away or long ago. The name Halifirian meant in the language of the Rohirrim, Holy Mountain. Before their coming, it was known in Sindarin as Aman Anwar, the Hill of Awe, for what reason was not known in Gondor, except only as later appeared to the ruling king or steward. For the few men who ever ventured to leave the road and wander under the trees, the wood itself seemed reason enough. In the common speech, it was called the Whispering Wood. In the great days of Gondor, no beacon was built on the hill, while the Palantiri still maintained communications between Osgiliath and the three towers of the realm, without need of messages or signals. In later days, little aid could be expected from the north as the people of Calendron declined, nor was armed force sent thither as Minas Tirith became more and more hard put to hold the line of the Anduin and guard its southern coast. In Anorian, many people still dwelt and had the task of guarding the northern approaches, either out of Calanardon or across the Anduin at Carandros. Through communication with them, the three oldest beacons, Amandin, Ilanok, and Minrimon, were built and maintained. But though the line of the Maring Stream was fortified between the impassable marshes of its confluence with the Entwash and the bridge where the road passed westward out of the Firian Wood, it was not permitted that any fort or beacon should be set on Amon Anwar. Thanks, J.A.R. You are awesome.